we are going to be in Luke chapter 1 again this morning, so you can turn there in your Bibles, scroll there in your devices, Luke chapter 1, verse 39 through 56. The opening lines of Andrew Peterson's Behold the Lamb of God tour begin like this. No, the Bible isn't a book of rules or a book of heroes. The Bible is most of all a story. It's an adventure story about a young hero who comes from a far country to win back his lost treasure. It's a love story about a brave prince who leaves his palace, his throne, everything to rescue the one he loves. It is the most wonderful of fairy tales that has come true in real life. You see, the best thing about this story is it's true. There are a lot of stories in the Bible, but all the stories are telling one big story, the story of how God loves his children and comes to rescue them. And it takes the whole Bible to tell this story. And at the center of the story, there's a baby. Every story of the Bible whispers his name. He is like the missing piece in the puzzle, the piece that makes all the other pieces fit together. And suddenly, you can see a beautiful picture. Friends, this beautiful picture, we get part of this picture put together for us in Luke chapter one. The story of the Bible is a story about God rescuing his people. God is the primary actor, but Luke tells us that he incorporates, as a primary actor, God incorporates the most unlikely, the least, and the lowest, and the humble, and the unwanted into his story. The story has been unfolding for thousands of years, and it is now coming to a climax as the main character enters the picture. Before he does, we're given a glimpse of two lowly heroines of the story, Elizabeth and Mary. And it's through them that the Lord will demonstrate that nothing is impossible with God. If he can make a barren woman pregnant, if he can bring his son into the world through a virgin, then he can save a sinner like you and me. So our text this morning is a proper response to this news. How will Elizabeth and Mary respond to the impossible news of the birth of, uh, of these two impossible babies? How, and how should disciples like you and I respond to the good news that God, of what God is doing in salvation? Well, he... I think through this story is telling us that we should respond in faith expressed through gratitude. Faith expressed through gratitude. I think that's what the story, the story tells us in Elizabeth and Mary's response. So first we're gonna read about Elizabeth's blessing and then we'll finish with Mary's song. Elizabeth's blessing and Mary's song. I hear God's word. In those days... Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country to a town in Judah. And she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. 
And why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. This is God's word. Now, friends, as we enter into the story, we, we remember, we, ha- we must remember what has just happened. Gabriel has come to Elizabeth and Mary and announced some impossible news. Elizabeth, you're going to have a son in your old age. Mary, you're going to have a son in your young age as a virgin. How, how would this be? And we can't be certain if Mary left before or after telling Joseph, her fiance, did she tell him the news or not tell him the news? It seems like she would have told him the news, but it's, it, is, it is possible that maybe, likely, that Joseph prepared this trip for her. The, the scripture, Luke, tells us that Mary arose and went in haste to go into the hill country of Judea to go visit her relative, Elizabeth, maybe her cousin. Maybe Joseph has prepared this journey for her and we don't know exactly why, but maybe maybe he needed some time to think or maybe this was his way of putting her away quietly. Matthew 1, 18 and 19 talks about the story this way. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit, and her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. Now whatever happened, Mary, with haste, goes to her cousin. And she, she goes, um, and, and we have no indication that this, is a, a, this was the trip of a giddy schoolgirl who couldn't wait to tell the dish the news to her, her cousin, her relative. Friends, this was a hard journey. It says she went in haste to the hill country of Judea. This was a hard and dangerous journey of about 80 to 100 miles with three plus, 300 plus, 1,300 plus feet of elevation. It, it would have taken you know, quite some time and been dangerous for a, a pregnant woman to make this journey, but she's on her way to Zechariah and Elizabeth's house, and as she enters, she gives her greeting. She doesn't first text that she's coming to visit. We all like a text when someone's coming to visit, right? She doesn't announce her story via Instagram. She doesn't put her itinerary on Instagram. No, she shows up, and the first thing Mary hears when she enters the house and greets Elizabeth and Zechariah is a blessing. As Elizabeth and the baby hear Mary's greeting, John the Baptist, we're told, leaps in her womb filled with joy over the sound of her relative. She pronounces blessing on Mary. She pronounces blessing on the baby. And she wonders at her own blessing in in being related and having a visit from the, the mother of her Lord. And then she pronounces blessing on all who, like Mary and Elizabeth, believe the impossible news. Friends, that verb blessing, you, you, you saw, if you paid attention, you saw it was, it's repeated several times, three or four times in verses 39 through 45. And that verb blessing on Mary and the baby 
is the verb is passive, meaning that they are blessed by God's sheer mercy and goodness. Mary is a blessed woman, Elizabeth says. In verse, those are the words blessing in verse 42, but the word blessing in verse 45, if you, if you notice, she says blessing again, and that, that word is makaria in, in the Greek, not makarena. I don't even know why I said that. Um, it's just that it means happiness. Blessed here means happy is the one who believes. I can only imagine Mary's response to this greeting after the approximately 100-mile journey 1,300 plus feet of elevation as she comes in. I can only think of the words of John Newton's hymn. Through many dangers, toils, and snares, I have already come. Tis grace hath brought me safe thus far, and grace will lead me home. Elizabeth is well familiar with the old, old story, the covenant of grace that God has made with Abraham and his people that he would, he would come and he would do good to, to Abraham. And, and now, as the mother of her Lord comes into her house, her baby leaps in her womb, the one, this impossible baby that was gonna foretell the king's deliverance, foretell the king's ministry, the baby leaps in her womb and, and Elizabeth pronounces blessing because she knows that the covenant of grace is coming to fulfillment. She had traced the storyline of the Bible, and by faith she believed what was happening was the culmination of God's promises to bless his people. And so what does she say? You are blessed, Mary. Your baby is blessed. And happy is, are all those who know that, with, friends, this is faith expressed through gratitude. Faith expressed through thanksgiving. This is thanksgiving is, is full of grace and wonder and joy and happiness. Isn't that what we see in verses 39 through 45? Elizabeth pronounces the blessing in verse 42 of God on Mary and the baby. Now she doesn't manifest the blessing. She doesn't speak it into existence. She recognizes the blessing. Mary is blessed. She is amazed at, at, at the blessing of Mary, that she, was, she is the one chosen to be the mother of the Son of God. What a blessing that is. The privilege, and, and she, 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 she wonders at the privilege of, of her getting the news from the mother of God herself. She's, you see that in verse 43. Why, why am I and why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? This, this gratitude is full of, of, of blessing, of grace, of, of, of wonder. Why am I chosen? This humble wonder is her thankful response. And we see this expression of, of faith through thanksgiving is, is also an expression of joy as John the Baptist, the 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 forerunner of Jesus Christ, his, his first foretelling, his, 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 his first act of ministry is to leap for joy at the very presence of baby Jesus in the womb of Mary. The presence of his king, the king that he will herald, he leaps for joy. And happy are those who believe that this could be fulfilled. Is she talking about Mary's belief or Elizabeth's belief? Both of them. Elizabeth has expressed her faith in her gratitude. And I wonder, at, 
at this news, does your heart leap for joy? Does your heart leap with gratitude towards your Savior as as you see the King approaching and, and about to do the work of the Redeemer? Elizabeth blesses, and now Mary sings. Hear God's word again in this beautiful song, this beautiful hymn called uh, the Magnificat. Mary sings, right, basically authors a hymn of praise that for thousands of years have been sung by God's people. My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is for those who fear him. From generation to generation, he has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant in remembrance of his mercy. As he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his offspring forever. And Mary remained with her about three months and return to her home. You see, Mary's song is also an expression of faith through gratitude. The, the form uh, that this takes, Mary's song, shows us that she was steeped in the book of Psalms. She knew what a psalm of thanksgiving was. She knew its form. You, you express as a header at the front, Uh, what you're going to be thankful for, and then you give all the reasons why you're thankful. So this this psalm, this song of of thanksgiving and gratitude is an expression of her faith. And the song is, is poetic. It's beautiful. It's full of truth of the story of the Bible, the Bible's storyline. This was happening and written, friends, at a time when women had less rights than they even do now, where they were more severely oppressed and were not equally valued in society. Oh, but God looks on the weak and the lowly and the humble, and he makes them the most important in his economy. Elizabeth and now Mary are speaking the word of God. Did you notice back in verses 39 through 45 that Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and now she's speaking God's words and they have become inscripturated for us? How does God treat people who are, who are lowly in society? He raises them up. This is, this is beautiful and true and good. Don't you see that? Mary's expression shows that she also sees the storyline of the Bible and that storyline of the coming Messiah who would come through her womb, the most unlikely of people, in the lowliest of ways, that this was good news. This was true news. This was beautiful news. 
the outcast. The gospel is for the outcast and the oppressed. It is goodness, truth, and beauty for those who are despised of the world. This song of Truth, goodness, and beauty is the response of faith expressed through gratitude, is the response God is looking for in his disciples. If you, if you wonder uh, what God is looking for you, what, what response God wants from you, it is faith, and especially faith expressed through gratitude. And Mary shows us this. This thanks, psalm of thanksgiving starts with, And Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. And Mary, Mary sees her need for a Savior. She she is a sinner and, and in need of a Savior. She says that right there in verse 46 and 47. My soul magnifies the Lord. He is my Lord, I bow down to him. And my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, the one who come to save me. So we, we don't, believe that Mary is, a, uh, is divine or can dispense grace to anybody, but the sort of reaction to that teaching has been to, to sort of despise Mary and not see how, how favored she was by God. There was only one person who bore the Son of God, and it was Mary. And what does she say? I am so thankful to you, my Lord and my God, my Savior. She gives, now, telling us what she's giving thanksgiving for, she tells us the reasons why she's giving thanks, she is expressing this, her faith in thanksgiving in, in the preceding verses in 48 through 55. In, in verses 48 through 49, we see what she expresses her, her thanks through because of what God has done for her individually. He has turned her humble estate into a blessed estate. And friends, in announcing this, she's, she has faith that Jesus is bringing a new society. He's bringing in the kingdom of God. It's an upside-down kingdom for those who are weak and the humble of this world. He looks on the lowly like Mary and Elizabeth and chooses to do the impossible through them. He brings the Savior of the world through her, and and she cannot get over it. And Hannah's prayer that Jess read for us earlier is sort of a a triumphant prayer uh, of God over his enemies. And and Mary's prayer is, is more of a quiet meditation on God's mercies, on her, on his people, and his promise with Abraham. God has delivered her individually. God has done great things for her individually. She noticed, my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked on the humble estate of his servant, talking about herself. For behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. God is the primary actor in Mary is the individual recipient of his mercy. Mary's song is full of thanksgiving, meditating on God's mercy. She has looked at what God has done for her individually and has expressed her faith through her gratitude, through her thanksgiving. Friends, neuroscience claims that thankfulness and anxiety cannot be expressed at the same time. Now they're just confirming what God has already said in his word. 
do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, make your requests known to God. Meditation on what God has done for you in spite of who you are is meant to lead you to gratitude, not anxiety. Expressing that gratitude in words is an expression of faith. That's what God is trying to draw from you even this morning. Will you believe me in spite of how you feel? Do you believe me and will you be thankful in spite of your present circumstances? Now, God would have you express this thankfulness even when you don't feel grateful. We're coming up on finals, and we're coming up on holidays, which are hard for a lot of people, and we're coming up on some, some hard days ahead of, of long study, and you're like, yeah, thanks for reminding me. That's not, a, that's not what I was coming to church for. But God would have you express your thankfulness before you feel, even before you feel grateful, He doesn't say, only express your thankfulness when you feel it. He says, he wants us to express our thankfulness, our gratitude, and our feelings will catch up with it. As we discipline ourselves to to be thankful and think through all the things that we truly should be thankful for, our redemption in Christ, the goodness he's brought to us in this world, as we express that, even though we don't feel it, I guarantee you, your feelings will catch up. You cannot be... You cannot be thankful and anxious at the same time. And even if you are, if you're feeling anxious and as you express that thanksgiving, God is going to work in your heart feelings of gratitude that will overcome your anxiety. The feelings will eventually follow, friends. They they will catch up. Faith expressed through gratitude begins with a meditation on God's mercies for me, for you. Have you taken time last week to think about how God has been merciful to you? Will you take time today, this week, this Advent season, to think about how God has been merciful to you? This is the expression of faith that God wants from us. He will supply for us. So Mary focuses on God's mercies to her as an individual, but secondly, she expresses it by meditating on what God has done for his people in verses 50 through 53. What has God done for his people? His mercies are to the humble and his judgment is on the proud. That is, that is what these verses are saying. And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their very thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty. This again is God's new kingdom, his new economy. He's, it's his upside-down kingdom he's bringing in this world. The kingdom and governments of this world are based on strength and wealth and status. But the kingdom of God is given to the humble and the hungry. The kingdom Jesus is bringing is full of people that need help. 
Notice he, he says that in the text, that this is something new that God is doing. This is something that he promised to do in the Old Testament, and now he's, he is doing through Christ in, in the New Testament, and that is he's feeding the hungry. He's, he's giving help to the humble, and he's, he's filling up the hungry, those who are hungry, who, who know they have a need. He has shown strength with his arm. He has, he has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away happy. And God, God is not, Jesus does not require that you get your life together before you come to him. What God requires is that you humble yourself before him. He, he, he is casting down the, those who are proud in their thoughts. Those who don't think they need a savior, those who don't think they need anything or think they can earn his favor, they are cast down. The mighty has, has cast them from, brought them down from their thrones. And who has he put in their place? Ex- those exalted those he has exalted are of humble estate. That reminds me of the Sermon on the Mount. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Blessed are those who don't, who don't think that they can do anything to earn God's favor. Blessed are the hungry. He will fill them with good things. The kingdoms and governments of this world are, are based on strength and wealth and, and status, but the kingdom of God is given to the humble, the hungry. Do you see yourself in need? You are the kind of person who makes up the kingdom. Those who humble themselves, those who are hungry and thirst after righteousness, those who come to Jesus with open arms and open hands, nothing in my hands I bring, simply to your cross I cling. Naked do I come for you, for dress, to you for dress. Helpless do I look to you for grace. Those are the kind of people that populate the kingdom of God. This is an upside down world and Mary is saying, thank you God for making it this way because I am, humble, I am low, of lowly estate. And this is how it's always been. God's covenant of grace is that the greater will serve the lesser. God didn't choose Israel because they were, they were greater or mightier than any of the other nations, quite the opposite. God chose a people who were sinful and wicked and small so that he might display his glory to the nations and bring in others who are humble and hungry. The kingdom Jesus is bringing is full of people that need help, not full of people, full of those people that can help themselves. And Mary gives thanks, God's mercies to his people. This is a corporate thanksgiving. Thank you, God, for doing this for your people, for us, your people. And then she ends her song of praise with thinking about how God has kept his promise to Abraham. He has helped his servant. In remembrance of his mercy, he has spoken to our fathers, to Abraham and to his offspring forever. God is, this is a story that started long ago 
is, is finding a fulfillment in Jesus the Christ and will find its final fulfillment as Jesus Christ comes again to do away with all wickedness, to bring final and complete justice. And this was a remembrance of, of God's mercies. God is remembering his mercies, just like he remembered the children of Israel in Egypt. He remembers his mercies. He looks on them, he hears them, and he remembers. And, and though it seems like it's taken him a long time to fulfill his promise, the Bible tells us at just the right time, he sent his son born of a woman, to fulfill the law, to keep the law, and to die a death for his people. All of his mercies are in keeping with his promises, and and Elizabeth and Mary both see this as the story is is reaching its climax in in the person of Jesus. And the, the way he's going to cast down the proud and, the, and those exalted in their own, own minds and the way he's going to raise up the humble is, is by walking the road of humiliation himself, taking on the form of a servant, being found in human form and in flesh, and, and walking the road to the cross, Dying on the cross in shame and agony, bearing the wrath of God on himself for you. How does Jesus reign? He reigns in humility from the cross. He will reign in glory forever and ever and ever. But it begins by being humble, by taking death, by being a servant. And this is what he calls, this is the response he calls from us, all who are in the sound, who can hear the sound of my voice. Humble yourself and you will be saved. Humble yourself and you will be exalted in the kingdom. Make yourself much and you you will have all the glory that you will get in this life. Humble yourself. Remember that God made a promise to Abraham and to his offspring forever and he's keeping that promise in this little baby Jesus, born of a virgin. Friends, Elizabeth's blessing and Mary's song are expressions of faith through thanksgiving. If you find yourself overly critical this holiday season or in your life, try expressing thanksgiving to God for his wonderful redemption in Christ. Are you having trouble in your marriage, in a relationship, in a class, in a a work relationship. Try expressing thanksgiving to God for his wonderful redemption in Christ. What has he done for you personally? What has he done for all of his people? How has he kept his promises to Abraham and Abraham's offspring forever? He's done it through a little baby who came through a virgin. If you find yourself overly anxious, don't wait until you feel differently to express your gratitude to God for Christ. If you find yourself overly sad during this holiday season, express your faith through thanksgiving. I I am sorry if you do feel sad and lonely and have the holiday blues. Please, I'd love to talk to you more about that. God has given you something to do currently that will help with that. Express your faith by giving thanks to God. Dear friend, God became man. He shared his human DNA with a virgin named Mary. 
and he did so that you so that you might sing out with joy for the brave little boy who was God and he made himself nothing this is amazing grace dear friends how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me i once was lost but now i'm found was blind but now i see this is the gospel for those who least expect it. The most unlikely, the lowest, the humble, and the unwanted. Thanks be to God.